Welcome to the Realtors Land Institute podcast, the voices of land, the industry's leading land real estate organization. This is Justin Osborne, accredited land consultant and realtor with the Wells Group Real Estate Brokerage. Uh, for today's podcast, we have with us Amber Hurdle with Amber Hurdle Consulting, and our topic today is going to be your land agent brand. Amber, what do you have for us today? Well, how much time do you have? <laughs> Actually, you know, this is obviously a topic that I love. I'm a branding professional and everything from personal branding to employer branding and business branding is is kind of my jam. And I think what I would love for the listeners to get out of today's conversation is to understand how to differentiate themselves in the noisy, noisy world of real estate and not just real estate, but specifically land. Because as you and I know, and everybody knows listening to this, uh, a house agent is not the same uh, type of individual. It is not the same process as a land agent and um, and I think there's a lot of a lot of education out there for your your typical agent and maybe perhaps not as much for a land person is there difficulty in in trying to separate the branding between the two does does a realtor need to be careful that you know they don't only brand themselves as a land agent or a residential agent or what can you speak to as far as crossover for those of the brokers and realtors that that do practice both yeah so if you do practice both then i would be um i would leverage that right so you can talk about your experiences and um your all the different ways that you put your personal brand out there, which I know we're going to get into, but I think that there is something that's a little bit different um, when they're when you're talking to someone who understands land, um, who understands the topography and and you know does it perk. I mean, there's so many different there's different language and how you lay out that land and what that might mean to um, a developer versus somebody who wants it for recreational property. Those are all conversations and vernacular that exists in somebody if they do residential and land or just specifically land that doesn't exist with somebody who maybe got lucky and got a land deal, but they're pretty much a residential uh, broker or or agent. And so when you are looking to differentiate yourself, the fact that you know land in and of itself is a good place to start in today's economy and in today's real estate landscape where everybody and their uncle is an agent. Yeah, there's definitely a, a lot that have gotten into the industry the past few years. Um, kind of speak to me a little bit, if you don't mind, about brand versus marketing. Are, are they same? Are they different? What what do you what do you think about when you hear those two terms? A brand births your marketing strategy. So if you don't have a solid brand, meaning what are people saying about my business? What are people saying about my personal brand? What are they saying about me when I'm not in the room as Jeff Bezos um, defined personal branding? Your brand is an essence. It's something that people believe about you. It's it's what um it, it creates an emotional and evokes an emotional response. Your marketing is how you promote your brand. So two different things, but they go hand in hand, just like public relations is not marketing, but it, it goes along with marketing. PR 
marketing, those are ways that you tell your brand story and you can let other people understand what your brand promises and what it might feel like to work with you. Okay, that makes sense. And are you encouraging that the the land agents that they're the ones actually kind of speaking about that promise, delivering their brand, or is it better to get uh, testimonials and word of mouth uh, kind of from referrals, other clients that you've worked with? All of those things. So before you can even really get out there and start marketing yourself. I mean, don't stop what you're doing right now and say, well, I got to get my brand together. Hold on, push pause on marketing. Do, do whatever you're already doing. But really getting clear on your brand is going to help you solicit the right type of testimonials. So if you know that you have a particular market that you work with best and, and, and before anybody says, oh, I anybody who wants to buy or sell land is my customer. Burr wrong no no that's not that is not accurate because literally everyone is not your market and i know people get excited they're like if you've got money then you're my customer and that's not accurate either each agent has a subsection of the market or subsections plural of the market that they work with and they need to be able to understand their language and they need to be able to use words and imagery and things that are going to be appealing and again create that emotional connection with them so getting super clear on whether it's demo the, the uh, geographic area that applies to the demographics, or it could be um, gender, it could be background. Um, I've seen agents who specialize in specifically um, retired military or there's so many different recently divorced. I mean, there are very specific things that you can do, or you can just say, you know, Hey, I am the land person in middle Tennessee or wherever that is that you live and start building on that. When you get clear on who it is that you're talking to and who would be most interested in what your brand has to offer, then you can start marketing to them. So for example, somebody who's selling a house um, in an affluent neighborhood in Beverly Hills is not going to have the same look, feel, style, language in their marketing materials or their marketing efforts because video and so much is so, so popular and needed now as somebody who's selling a ranch in Utah. You see, see the like massive difference there, but agents tend to follow a formula or follow whatever the most recent YouTuber told them to do and it's not working for them and they're frustrated and, the, and then they say, oh, well, you know, something else must be wrong, but they really just didn't go backwards and start at the very, very beginning and say, who is my ideal customer? Okay, now that's how we are going to um, release our brand into the wild, if you will. Well, I, I think that's a great point. You know, in this day and age with so many new people just getting into the business, there's a shotgun approach taken that says, you know, <laughs> let's, let's, let's just blast the scatter gun on the wall and see what sticks. And I really like what you said about the, the marketing because your brand can stay the same, but the way you market to that commercial client versus the residential client versus the developer uh, can be three totally different ways of marketing, but all have the same brand. Absolutely. So again, your brand is what you want people to believe about you. You have a brand promise that just says, this is the problem that we solve. This is how we, this is who we solve it for. And this is how we solve it uniquely. If you can get clear on those three things, now, now you're cooking with gas, right? So 
the, to your point, you can have one brand, but you might have multiple ideal customer profiles developed. And when I say ideal customer profile, I mean, you have uh, an idea of a person. I like to give them names so that you know exactly who you're talking to. So when you're writing your blog post or you're doing a video, this is who you're, you're talking to. And that emotional connection is, is created in a stronger way. And it doesn't matter that somebody might fall outside of exactly who that person is in your mind. They're still going to find value in what it is that you say. So I'll use myself as an example. I have multiple ideal customer profiles. I have a meeting planner um, who is a female. I have, uh, for, for my speaking engagements, I have uh, an executive who is a male because typically when I'm hired in the C-suite, it's usually by a CEO or a CFO or a COO who happens to be male. Um, and then I have the bombshell businesswoman, which is the title of my book. And her name is Anne. I wrote my book to Anne and I had a woman in, in mind who was a soccer mom. We were just pre-show talking about soccer. <laughs> she's a soccer mom. She had kids. She's an entrepreneur. Uh, she's very involved in her community. Um, she's married. She had all these things about her and, and certain struggles that she was dealing with that I addressed in the book. But I got emails and handwritten notes sent to my office from single women who have never been married before, uh, male, uh, one always sticks out. He's a male, a uh, former army who wrote to me and said how, how much it spoke to him. I didn't write that book for them. I wrote it to a very specific person. Now, granted it was valuable information for everybody, but it was more compelling because I was able to really dial in my message in a compelling way, as opposed to just trying to be everything to everyone and absolutely targeting no one. Well, that's amazing, Amber, that, you know, really able to have those effect to reach out to those kind of people. Now, I, I heard you mention a couple of times the words brand promise. Mm -hmm. What do you tell me, what is a brand promise and how do you come up with it? Well, the brand promise, um, everyone should have a brand promise. And, and so for, for those who might work for um, like a Keller Williams, for example, Keller Williams has a brand promise, but as an individual agent, you also have to have a brand promise. And so the brand promise is what you are committing to doing for your customers. It is an exchange. It is a promise. This is what I'm going to deliver if you give me your hard earned cold hard cash. And, and so you have to understand what problem you are solving. That my definition of business is not the Dartmouth, it's not the Harvard definition of business. My definition, the Amber Hurdle definition of business is I solve your problem, you give me money. Okay. So that's where we begin. You want to sell your family farm. You can give me money. I will make that happen. That is, that is an exchange of business. That's why we're in business, right? But how am I going to do that differently? Because I can solve your problem, but you're not going to pick me over Joe Schmo, you know, three shingles down unless I have something compelling to offer you that he or she can't. And so the example that I, I always give, because I've got a background in hospitality, is the problem of having... Um, I need a place to sleep in a city where I don't live. Okay, well, La Quinta Inn can solve that problem. Motel 6 can solve that problem. So can the Ritz-Carlton or the JW Marriott. So all things are not equal. 
I need to understand, they have to understand, okay, well, what makes Amber tick? Well, Amber is going to want to stay at the Ritz. I can tell you that right now. Um, nothing wrong with La Quinta Inn is fantastic. It's It has its market as well as the affordable option, the, the business traveler option, but they know who they're trying to attract. And so they would never try to waste their time, energy, or resources sharing their personal brand with somebody who is going to want to stay at the Ritz Carlton. So you have to be very clear on that. So what problem do I solve? How do I solve it uniquely? And then who do I solve that problem for? If you can answer those three questions, that is your brand promise. Well, I, I like that. I like hearing kind of the, the simple terms of business too. In my mind, hearing you say, you know, I, I'm going to sell your farm. You're going to give me money. It kind of comes back to, you know, I was just talking to my my kids the other day that are 10 and 12 about cause and effect relationships in life. And what you just described there uh, seems like it can go hand in hand with a cause and effect relationship that's really quite simple that we can have a tendency to kind of overanalyze sometimes. Oh, sure. And, and then there's people who have, you know, um, issues with asking for the business and asking for the money. And you know, for heaven's sake, somebody needs your help. <laughs> they would not come off their cold hard cash if they did not need your help. And so if that's, if that's your gifting mm -hmm. and if that's something that you're passionate about and you're going to use all of your, your, your personal gifts and your, um, your education and everything that you invest into your career in order to help that set of siblings who's selling their parents farm because their parents are no longer with them. They're already going through, you know, loss and grief and all these kind of things. And you uniquely can go in and take that problem off of their worry list. That's a gift. You're sharing your gift and they're going to give you money. And that's an even exchange of energy. So for those who are maybe newer to the industry that are afraid to put themselves out there and afraid to charge what they're worth, this is, this is an energetic exchange. All money is is energy. That's it. It really gets, it, it allows us to do some super cool things. Um, but there's nothing bad about that. So I just want to make sure that I get that in on this, on this podcast episode. Well, I think that's great input and I'd like to kind of branch off of that just a little bit more. Uh, you re you referenced the new people in the industry. And so when you've got these new agents that are trying to make their name, trying to create their brand as a land broker, what advice would you give them to help them say, you know, we don't want to create a Motel 6 brand. Again, nothing wrong with Motel 6. It's just not for everybody. If they want to create that Ritz-Carlton brand, what advice would you give them to make sure they're going down that path and not maybe a, a cheaper alternative path? Well, any solid brand tells their brand promise through through consistently telling stories, right? So that's the, that's the marketing side of things. Um, and so is the visual side of things. So you have to tell the story, you have to tell the brand story, you have to deliver visually on that brand promise, and then you have to deliver on the brand promise. So we could just kind of break those down one at a time. Um, the story that you can tell, the stories that you can tell around this brand promise, um, they could be case studies right out of the gate. You asked about testimonials. Absolutely. But when you ask for that testimonial, really be clear on the problem that you solve so that when you ask for that testimonial, they are giving um, that perspective. So they're not just saying, oh, yeah, Justin was great to work with. He's a good guy. We loved working with Justin. That's vanilla. We, we need some like 
caramel syrup on there and some sprinkles and some whipped cream and some like walnuts or something. So in, instead of saying, instead of asking for a, a testimonial that way, you can say, you know, Hey, you mentioned to me that your problem was blah, 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 blah. I hope that we were able to meet that for you. Oh, you sure did. Fantastic. Can you put that in writing or can I get you on video saying that? Because that's a, that's a problem I really like solving for everyone. It would be super helpful if, you know, somebody other than me was saying that. Collect, most people when they're done working with you, I mean, how long does it take to really, that's a long relationship when you're selling land. That's not an overnight thing most of the time. And so you've built trust with that person. Um, you could, you can share case studies. So whether it was something that you personally did or a project that you worked on, you can remove names, you can re remove um, business names if, if it's commercial and, and you can just talk about the process. And you wanna do this repeatedly. You wanna have your go-to stories that you talk about over and over again that backs up whatever that is that you say that you, you can do. Um, looking at awards, um, you know, I'm married to Jeff Hurdle. He was Wrangler of the Year last year. And so what does that story mean to him? If he shares that, it's not beating him, himself on the chest and be like, look at me, I won an award. That means he's got hustle. <laughs> that means he's had more transactions than, than anyone. And so that means that he doesn't stop. He's the energizer bunny. So he can leverage that award in order to separate himself from maybe less productive, less eager agents out there. Um, you could talk about your struggles. You could talk about your backstory. Why did you get into real estate? Why did you choose land? And again, I'm, you know, I'm going to pick on my family because they're all, everybody in my family's in land except for me. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> but, you know, 50 years in the business, four generations. I mean, those are things that you can talk about that separates you from your competition. It could be geographical. It could be that your family has been in your geographical areas since the beginning of time and everybody knows you. So you're well connected. It could be that you used to work in um, the housing industry. And so now you're on the other side. So you have relation, existing relationships with land at guys, but whatever those things are for you, I used to serve in the military, whatever that is for you, pick a handful of those and put them on repeat. Make sure that if you are on a podcast and you're a guest on a podcast that you tell these stories. If you write blogs, write a blog about that. Make videos around that. Put it in your collateral material. Look for different ways to tell your story in every way possible. Well, and, and that's so true. You know, there's, I think, a lot of people that might have, you know, kind of grown up um, just being soft, being humble, being um, in a in an environment where it wasn't okay to brag about those things. If you're going to be in this industry and you're going to create this brand for yourself, you know there's a difference between you know, really bragging and being showboating and really stating the facts and saying, "Look, yeah, I am a fifth generation in this." in this area. Uh, I was a top producer. I was Wrangler of the year like Jeff was. You know, when you've got these credentials, you know, you've worked hard to earn those credentials. You need to be pushing them. And I think that there's uh, maybe a misconception in our industry uh, with some people that just don't understand. You've got to really learn how to brand and market yourself before you can even come close to being able to market your clients' properties. Right, because why would they trust you if, if you don't give them reasons to trust, it's not a matter of 
being braggadocious. And I, you know, listen, Justin, I love our land family so much. Like there's no better time than hanging out with our land family because it is such a humble, hardworking, everybody looks out for each other. And I get like the baseline um, culture that exists in this industry. I love it. And I also know as a branding expert that you not telling somebody why you're the right fit means that they're likely able to then make a decision to go with somebody else who is bragging about things they can't even live up to. So now you are the experienced person. You are the person who can get things done. You are the person who has a deep passion for what you do, a great understanding of the industry, all the connections you could possibly have. But because you don't want to sound like you're bragging, you're going to go let that person go down the road to some tool who's not really going to serve them well. Shame on you. Well, there's some great opportunities that RLI is putting on in the, the coming months here to actually help the realtors work on their local brand. Yes. Uh, the land you courses are going to be in Arkansas at the end of May, early June. Uh, there's the accredited land consultant designation that less than 1% of the realtors in the United States have. Uh, talk about a great designation to really separate yourself from the competition with your brand. Not to mention the deep education that comes with that. Yeah, the Apex Awards uh, is a program uh, that uh, Amber's husband, Jeff, was the Wrangler of the Year back in 2018. Um, we're going to see who wins the awards for 2019 coming up here, but that's a great opportunity to apply for the Apex Awards. Uh, the RLI is has articles and blog opportunities where you can contribute and really separate yourself away from some of the competition there. And can, can I put a little time out on that one specifically? Yes, ma'am, please. So if you're trying to tell your brand story and you're trying to position yourself as an expert, you're trying to show people that you are the go-to person in your area um, for land sales, how much more powerful is it in a non-braggadocious way than to have an article on RLI's website that you can then share on your social media and send out in your newsletter being featured on the number one professional uh, uh, association for that industry. So again, it's, it's not about beating your chest. It's about leveraging opportunities and just putting it out into the world so that people can observe and be like, hmm, wow, if they write for RLI, they must really know what they're talking about so that that's that's such a subtle way and you know we, like i said we could stay here all day we could talk about your active passive and keep in touch marketing strategies but that's definitely writing for other publications is a huge one so i just wanted to camp out there for a second i apologize <laughs> well i think that's a great point you know and if and if you don't know how to put that out there, you're not the type of person that likes to put that out there, hire somebody to do it for you. There's a lot of people out there that are fabulous with social media marketing and they're easily available for hire. And so I'm a firm believer in you know hiring the professionals uh, to do the job instead of you trying to learn how to figure out how to do something that maybe you not may not be as passionate about. For sure. And but before you do that, and I'm total advocate. I don't even do my own social media and I have a degree in public relations and advertising, but I don't have the time. It's not the highest and best use of my, of my time and, and gifts. So 
um, make sure that you have a brand guide of some sort, even if it's just kind of maybe more of a vision board. You asked earlier, like if you want to be the Ritz Carlton of land agents, then again, you have to be able to deliver on your brand promise in a visual way. So you have to understand what does high end look like? Well, go look at high end things, go look at American Express, go look at, um, uh, any of the high-end brands, like of course I'm Rolex, uh, Louis Vuitton, what do their websites look like? How much white space do they have? What kind of font do they have? Do they have sans serif font? Do they have serif font? And all that means is does it have a little tail on it or no? Um, there's so many different visual cues that luxury brands, Gucci, um, I could go on. Any of those brands have certain things that, that are in common. You can flip on the luxury channel. There is an actual TV channel that is nothing but luxury. Watch those ads, see what that looks like, and then create just maybe a Pinterest board or put things together on a Word doc or just save them to your desktop and hand that over to a graphic designer and say, I don't really speak this language. I don't really know what it is that I want. I just know that these type of brands are the kind of brands that my customer is used to interacting with. And so I can't be a disruption in their day with my shoddy little looking social media post. I have to look like this. And that means you got to show up in, you know, even if you're going to be in your, I, I joke with Jeff all the time, you know, honey, we're going out to dinner. This is not the Paul Bunyan moment, you know, and Jeff has his like dinner clothes and he has his, you know, landman clothes. And so the two shouldn't cross, but show up as the land person. And if that's a higher end version of it, great. And if, you, if, it's, if it's not, and you're more like the good old boy land guy, then by gosh, put that camo on and get out there and meet your clients where they are, but don't be a disruption visually and what they're accustomed to. Well, that's a great point. And there's, there's nothing wrong uh, with having both, you know, I mean, right. you have all that, all those tools in your toolbox. And so there's certainly opportunities that I see where, all right, this is the type of client where I need to be showing up in my camo hat and my mm -hmm. mud boot. But for this client, I need to be wearing the ostrich boots and the Wranglers. And for this client, I better put on my sport jacket because we're looking at commercial development land. And yes. so you've got to be aware of how to dress for success and separate yourself um, you know, when the, when the time arises. And Justin, I mean, you've been in the game long enough to have that wisdom and that discernment. And that was just a perfect personification of how you're showing up for your brand promise for each of your different ideal customers. Just perfect. Well, if the listeners want to learn more from Amber about how you can build your land agent brand, make sure to check out her most recent article on the topic in the latest edition of RLI's Terra Firma magazine at rli.com. Uh, you can visit Amber's website at amberhurdle.com to learn more about her branding and what she can do for you. And Amber, we sure do appreciate your time with us today and really helping educate the listeners on how they can better create your land agent brand. I appreciate you having me. Like I said, I love the RLI family.